Good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Bricktown. Dad, how you doing? Doing fine. Weather's starting to get warmer. Country's still together a little bit. We're okay. Beautiful day today. Yeah. So what's on your mind? Well, we're watching uh, what, what you're doing in Washington, and it's, it's mighty interesting. Republicans appear to be making themselves a minority party permanently. They, they seem to be going the way of the uh, know nothing of the, uh, the 1800s. The Whigs. Because they aren't doing anything except trying to stop stuff. You've got to be for something. But why would people vote for you to stop stuff? People, people want stuff that you're going to be able to do for them. Another thing that you wanted to uh, discuss this week is that you wanted to bring in some of your sons. We've got one about to come on, Chris. Let me see if I can get him online. Hold on one second. pretty cool. It, it's a nice day nonetheless. The sun's shining and there's lots of birds out today. So, uh, so Dad, you were telling me offline just how proud you are of Chris. What are you talking about? Well, I think Chris has come a long way. Uh, he's uh, one of those young people that his wife is, what's about it? What have you done to me lately, somewhat? But he's really worked very hard to uh, get to where he is. Got a, got a good profession in the construction industry. He's done well. Uh, I've watched what he's done in with the farm, which is 130 acres up in northern Minnesota. And he's, he's building that into uh, something like an oasis in the, in the wintertime. He's got a project, <laughs> he's got a project where 
opinion, but he's, he's assured the government that um, he will keep the he will pool of water open at a, at on over you know non freezing in the wintertime. But see, that part of the country stays below zero most of the winter time. The last time I was up there during Christmas time, uh, it never got above zero, and I was there for two weeks. Yeah, we just went through our nasty uh, 20 below zero weather here, I think a week and a half ago. But uh, now it's finally warmed up. But the uh, we're working on installing winter watering systems for the cattle, so they have plenty of fresh water to drink in the winter time. And uh, we're also going to be installing some watering systems out in the paddocks so they have fresh water at, at any given time in the summer and they don't have to walk very far to get it. Uh, tell me, how do you keep it, keep it warm in the winter time when you're 20 below zero? Oh, there's, there's an electric heat element kind of like in your oven that's underneath the water pan that keeps the water warm and then there's also a couple electrical heat tapes that get wrapped around the water line before it goes about eight feet below the ground. And uh, so the water line is buried eight feet underground from the well all the way out to where the water is. Wow, that's, that's revolutionary. <laughs> well, we've been transporting a lot of water that way in the cold climates for quite a while, but yeah. It sounds like it's a project. How many cattle do you have out there now? Uh, we only have about 10, but we're looking to expand to about 40. Okay. Now, are these beef cattle or the milk cattle or cattle or what? Yep, beef cattle. Okay. So our, our plan is to direct market our beef to customers uh, anywhere around the state that's you know manageable to deliver to Good. so that's the plan have you, have you been reading Booker T. Watley lately? not lately okay uh, what, is, what did he do? Booker T. Watley? Well, didn't you have a book that was pretty interesting? Yeah, yeah, I have the book. It's on my coffee table in the living room. And what was the name of it? Oh, I think it was How to Make $250,000 on 10 Acres. Yeah, yeah. But it was a wonder, it's a wondrous book, and I wanted to, I remember I got it from you because it stays out of stock. Really can't get it. Yeah, it's hard to find. And if you find one, it's, it's going to be a used one. Yeah, because it was, and this gentleman passed away probably 30 years ago. And he was, he was a Tuskegee professor in Alabama. And he talked about how to use more farmers and small plots of land and use it to feed all of your neighbors, neighbors most of the year in various rotating crops. 
Oh, up here at the farm, yeah, there's probably 10 inches at least. But it, it's been melting here the last four days. I mean, it was over 40 degrees on Monday, so we, we lost quite a bit of snow. Okay. And it's just starting to melt. How far oh. are you in north of, of, of Minneapolis? About two and a half hours. Okay, because some people don't understand what we're talking about. Um, most of the people who think about Minnesota, and this is northern Minnesota, uh, they think about uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul primarily, maybe St. Cloud later on. Uh, I remember one of the interesting things about Minnesota, folks out there who don't know, of course, across the world, Minnesota, when I was growing, when I was first heard about it, it was odd counties. That 98% of all the people live in just two counties. And I think you've got about 100 counties, counties in the state, something like that. But all of them live in just two of them. Uh, Hennepin and uh, the other ones. Uh, I, think, I think it's Ramsey. Hennepin and Ramsey. That's it, that's it, yeah. So you know, you're, right, you're right on the ball and all of that stuff, Rudy. I mean, uh, Rudy should Rudy's there too, but um, Swift, and yeah, that's good, that's good. Yeah, Chris, tell us a little bit more about this grant that you got and kind of what your vision is. Okay, well, our vision mostly is uh, a few, quite a few things. It's sustainable agriculture, uh, kind of along the lines of regenerative agriculture which is that's a whole that's a whole other topic in itself but um and conservation so we have it's it's kind of a hilly farm with clay soil and with the five inch rainfalls that we've had the last few years we've seen an incredible amount of erosion from the row crop farming that has been done on this farm for over the last 40 years and uh, so we're, we're trying to prevent a lot of the erosion that's happening and we want to improve the water quality in some of our, our ponds that we have here on the farm and my brother's a big conservationist so we're also wrap, wrapping some conservation methods in with our uh, pasturing systems in that we will uh, keep the cattle out of the lowlands and the nesting areas for birds so that gives them some habitat to hatch out some baby ducks and pheasants and geese and let's see we're trying to provide a quality product for people out there that want a good healthy option for their meat not not an animal that has been fed in a confined space in, you know, standing up to their knees in manure. Okay. And so. What's, what, is, what is the town that you're near? You're near? We're near Evansville. Okay. And how far is that from Minneapolis-St. Paul? So that's about two and a half hours. Okay. 
It's West Central. It's actually West Central Minnesota, not Northern Minnesota. Okay. So. You're about what, two and a half hours from, from Minneapolis, correct? Yep. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, as people, as I said, people throughout the world will be listening to this and have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but uh, and what you're doing is, is a revolutionary kind of thing for that part of the country. And yeah, it is. I mean, there's a lot of lot of large-scale grain farmers just west of us that uh, farm in the Red River Valley where the land is flat as a tabletop in some areas, especially around Fargo. It's it's so flat, it's unbelievable. Uh, but well, we're, we're very proud of what you're doing and all the things you're doing. And we want to make sure we feature you. Uh, we're doing a series on, on some of my sons. All of them, actually, eventually, over the next couple of weeks, then. Kind of a feature of something that evolved, and I got to meet uh, as I went far away from uh, Brooktown, which is a wonderful place in New York City. People crowded in next to each other, divided by about five feet, as far as I can see. And when you, when you go to where you are, that farm, you see nothing but woods and, and fields, for as far as I can see. Pretty much. That's a good thing. I mean, it's a, you, you do a lot of different things. In the summertime, I noticed you do a lot of uh, construction work. Describe yep. some of the things that you do in the summertime. So, I'm a heavy equipment operator by trade. Uh, I'm an operating engineer in a local union. And I build a lot of, or help build a lot of buildings in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. A lot of them are deep foundation buildings where there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of work that has to be done just to do things safely in in the metro area because you're working close to other buildings but you have to drive metal sheets down into the ground sometimes 40 50 60 feet to work next to other buildings so the other buildings don't collapse into the into the new building that you're building, or the hole that you're actually digging. But uh, we also do some residential housing developments with the company. And uh, once in a while, we get involved with some snow removal during the winter time. Okay. Um, let's see. Yeah, I, any given day when I show up to work, I'm operating any any of the various pieces of equipment it'll be an excavator a bulldozer a skid loader um yeah you name it we've got it out there well it sounds like you've had a very career and the project the project you have up in um, northern minnesota is just revolutionary and we're all very very proud of you and what you've done uh, we always often don't say that enough but young people in here 30s and 40s, you know, it's, it's, you have a, very, a bunch of different work, and sometimes in very, very harsh temperatures, uh, it's very often where you are, you know, <laughs> 20 below zero. Well, I'll tell you, it's, 
it's a little tough when uh, you're outside working and you get a, a random text that says, hey, can you uh, can you uh, spare a few minutes to come online here quick and, and chat? Because right now I'm outside feeding cows. So, <laughs> you know, you have to take your glove off and answer your phone or, or send back messages. And, So the, the cows are all out here eating their, their hay. They're happy, and the dog is out running around the yard and making sure the squirrels are in place and the birds aren't where they're supposed to be. Well, you know, it's it's interesting, but the vast majority of our audience and the vast majority of people in this country have no idea what you're, what you're talking about, <laughs> what you're doing. But if, we don't, if you're going to do what you're doing, and, and is not replicated by thousands of other farmers, we would be eating. That's true. I mean, what you're doing is a vital service, literally, for our country. And during some of the world, world, world wars we've had in the past, farmers got the, got the best of the uh, exemptions because we needed you to work and, and bring the food into the table for people in the cities. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Like back in World War II, a lot of the women were were uh, sent to the fields to do the farm work for the men as the men went to war. So we were pretty fortunate that the mechanical revolution came around at the right time and uh, gave us tractors for one person to work a large amount of land. Because before that, it was a lot of horses and mules. And, and, and this and, is uh, not really talked about very much, but it's very important. All, all, all people around the world, but also Americans. Yep. Yep, definitely. I know that one of your hobbies is tractors. How many do you have now? Oh, I, I think there's probably, I think, I think around 12 antique tractors, probably. Wow. And I, I use them on the farm, and I, I fix them in my spare time when, when I'm at home. That's good. That's good. So that's another, another little hobby. Well, you do stuff, and uh, yeah, you, you've grown an awful lot from your days in, in early Minnesota when I first met you, when you were just about 10 or 11, and you used to play, play a game called Farm all the time, about what, what you would do with the farm when you grew up, and you're doing it. And first, few people in, in this world get a chance to, to have a dream about what they want to do and then end up doing it. And so we're all very proud of you. We, always, we often don't say that. But we are very proud of you and all the things you've done. And, no, I, I appreciate it. I know it's, it's taken a lot of work, and uh, it is pretty fun. That's good. That's good. And, yeah, quite a bit of quite a bit of struggle along the way, but it's, I don't know, I guess it's kind of worth it. That's good. So, listen, Chris, we're probably going to have you back on so listeners in Minnesota can come and get your fresh beef. But just in general... <laughs> Give us, as consumers, some advice on how we can be more sustainable. Uh, sustainable. Well, um, you know, this is such a this is such a young topic yet that we haven't quite we haven't quite evolved everything into a. Hmm. That's kind of difficult to talk about. I think we really just threw your curveball. Yeah, I, I, listen, I'm not throwing a curveball. <laughs> really, what I'm saying is, you know, 
Chris is not just doing this for money. He's doing this for a purpose. Exactly. Yep. And how did you get into doing it for purpose so we can get more other people into this? Um, well, I kind of I kind of saw a need. You know, you, you see, I like solving problems. So, you know, there's you always see problems here or there. You know, this should be better and, oh, this shouldn't be that way. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to solve some of the problems we have. And sometimes you end up creating other problems. It's just kind of the way things work. But, um, You've actually come an awful long way and, and all, uh, all of your, your activities. Uh, and we, you know, we only have a you know, half an hour show now, so we can't do all of that. But I was very proud of you. And, I, and we needed to make sure we featured you and one of our son's programs. We'll get all the rest of the guys in at some point and the girls in at some point. Okay. But you're working in, in, in extreme weather. Uh, I remember when the last time I was up there for Christmas time, I was up there for two weeks and it never got below, I got above 10 below zero. I haven't been up there for Christmas since. But, you know, that's, that's a good thing and it's a good place. And it's, it's a wondrous, you know, environment when you go up there and see all those you know, snow-capped trees and, and all the lakes that are frozen and people are out there driving onto these lakes and digging holes in the middle of the water and, and fishing. fishing. Yep. And staying in what's called ice houses. And it's just a whole different way of life that people don't even have no idea about than most of the lower 48. But, but, but you're experiencing doing a lot and you've been very successful at it. And we want to make sure we featured you a little bit to say some of the things you're doing. And I remember during Christmas time when I saw your project, I was overwhelmed because it's a wonderful project. <laughs> and you well, well. Yeah, really. Chris, what are your your thoughts? Let's go back to when you were a child and you met Dad and he started raising you. Uh, what's the good? Let's pretend like he's not on the phone. What's the good, bad, and different kind of being raised by him? <laughs> Man, Rudy, we should have like a pre-show talk where you can, <laughs> so, so I can think about this stuff a little bit because I, I don't work well under the gun sometimes. I mean, I do work well under the gun, but I, I got to have time to think about this. Let's, let's, let's pick one memorable memory from your childhood featuring Dad. Oh, let's see. Oh, food. Uh, Bob's cooking. Um... Bob would always come to the when he'd come up to visit. We'd always come come to the farm here, and whenever he showed up at the farm, he'd have just a car full of groceries and tons of meals planned of uh, of food that we were going to eat. So we were introduced to uh, Cajun cooking, which is something I had no idea was out there, um, and uh, the art of barbecuing. That is something that is. Uh, a tool for everybody to have um, but yeah I don't know you really put him on the spot on that one there Rudy <laughs> what is the art of barbecue <laughs> you got uh, prepping your meal setting it on the grill and making sure that thing is just perfect so when everybody eats it they're just happy and content and 
It couldn't be any better. Bob, Bob was the grill master. You, it was ribs, chicken, steaks, you name it. It was on the grill. Hot dogs. So. What? I always considered myself something of a grill master. And we do our little thing. <laughs> well, he's taught Tommy how to grill pretty darn good. He's always sending me pictures of stuff he's grilling down there. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I'm like, man. I'm really very surprised at that. Tommy has, has, has progressed in a very short period of time from not knowing what a grill was, except looking at it, to actually doing a very good job. He, he, he's did some masterful grilling last week, in fact, in the cold. And we, we, we've, uh, we're doing some interesting cold weather. And our cold weather isn't like your cold weather, but still it's cold. You know, in, in southern uh, in southern North Carolina, but still it's it can get down to you know you know 10, 15 degrees. But this winter has been actually generally in the high 30s most of the time. So, and our our RV park stay stay full, and we're doing well. But we need to let you go back to what you were doing, feeding your cows, and we kind of you know sprung this on you. I know. But you've done a very good job of trying to explain to people what what people are doing in North Central Minnesota. And and Rudy, I'll I'll try and I'll get back to you on uh, explaining a little bit more on your or expanding a little more on your questions. So <laughs> he kind of we, we, that one with you. We will have you back, and also when you come back, we want the website so people can order this healthy meat. So we can get it out to the people and send you customers. I'm but, very young in my business. I'm very young in the business, so we're <laughs> we're working on getting there. But he's giving you your marching orders now. That's a good thing. Well, listen, uh, Chris, we love you. We're gonna talk to you later. Feed them cows. Dad, go ahead and close out with your final words and advice. My final words is: uh, people live in different parts of America, which is a vast country. And uh, the things that Chris are doing are things that he's a millennial, basically, and are, are very different than other millennials. But he, he, he's filling, filling, filling a niche in our country and our food sources that we need. And it's important listening to that because he's doing something that mostly have no idea how, to, how, how food gets to your table. All they know about, about meat is going to McDonald's or if you want to get a burger or going to Food Lion. And picking up some food, but he does—he's doing something in a niche that's important, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's good he's doing that, and I'm very proud of him. And I guess at this point, I would say adios, muchachos. It's been a wonderful show. All right, love you both. Y'all have a good one. Okay. All right, guys, take care. Okay. Peace.